we are surrounded with possibilities. We just need to be open to uh, say a full and unconditional yes to any situation that life proposes us. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brilliant Misfit. I am just loving interviewing the women that I've been interviewing. Their stories are incredible. They're amazing women doing all sorts of incredible work in the world, and I hope that you're enjoying that as well. If you'd like, you can join the Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. It's a private group for women where we continue to support each other in expanding our creative possibilities. And at www.asiakennedy.com, you can find more offerings for living a mindful, creative life. Now, today's guest, I'm very excited to share with you her story. Her name is Michaela Beccatini. I hope I say that right. And she is a life transition specialist. And I'm going to let her explain a little bit about that. Welcome, Michaela. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hello, Ash, and hello, everyone. And yes, you said correctly, Michaela <laughs> Piccatini. No worry at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Hi, everyone. So um, what I would like, I would like to really explain you what is a life transition. And then I would like to share with you why I'm doing what I do. So transition is the um, internal and personal emotional process that people go through when they're trying to deal with a change. This change um, could be planned, like getting married or buy a house, uh, the birth of a child, the spiritual awakening, or, for example, opening a business. Or could be unplanned, like losing a job or losing a loved one or developing a disease. And this change can put all of us in difficulty because they are known and the news carers. And... They, the, the, they are known and, and their fear force us to utilize resources that we have cultivated a little, like, for example, being flexible, open, curious, confident in ourselves and, um, and in whatever surrounds us. So, for example, whether you, you know, whether you are going through a personal, a work or in a transition, the three similarities are that we, all of us have to deal with the three stages of the cycle of loss, which are the ending stage, the no longer and not yet stage, and the beginning stage. What differs in each of us is our attitude and our mindset. And that means how each of us respond to the emotion that each stage brings to us. So my um, passion is to support uh, both women and men and actually even groups to go through these intense professional personal transitions. And above all, I help them to master their emotion, to understand their emotion and to tap in their true resilience so they can move through trials and changes with more ease and grace mm. without hoping they are suffering a completed meltdown. 
Right, without melting down. Yeah. That's so very good. Yeah. Well, I I imagine that this work is very close to your heart, Michaela. Um, I'm sure that there was something in your life that made you so passionate about helping other people through transitions in their lives. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell us where you grew up and um, what that was like and how you came to do what you do today? Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Long story. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, uh, I'm from Italy. I moved to Australia in 2004 and I moved here for love as I met my current Australian husband in Italy, and now we have two children. But my uh, transition story started when I was a little girl. Um, I remember that probably when I was around six years old, um, my parents um, decided to open their business. And um, as you can imagine... (laughs) You know, having two children, me and my sister, and opening a business, it, it wasn't really easy. Mm. Um, so, and also in that particular stage, I felt and I knew that there was something different in me. I knew that um, I was emotionally advanced in comparison to my peers. But unfortunately, at that stage, I didn't have the capacity, I didn't have the right tools to deal with this emotional power. Mm. So, how, my, did, how did that look like when you were a child? Like, what, when you yes. say you knew that you were different and that you had this emotional capacity, yes. what, can you give an example? What, what did that look like for you? I could feel instantly. Uh, what my parents had in, in, in their heart, on their thoughts. Mm. I could, when I was surrounded by, with my, surrounded by my peers, but also by adults, I could, and I was able to understand certain kind of, um, conversations when the conversation was about emotions. Right. Mm. But my, I knew that my peers couldn't. Because when I was referring these facts to my peers, they couldn't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I was saying, oh, did you, did you hear the teacher talking? How do you feel? Oh, oh do you, can you, under, can you understand how she feels? And I remember my peers said, oh, Michaela, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and, you know, and I thought, oh, oh, there is something different here. But, and, you know, I was trying to go back at home and trying to explain this to my parents, but at that stage, they were too busy. Mm. And at that stage, or probably there was, you know, in Italy, I don't know, in a small town, really, you know, less uh, opportunity to understand the magic word of emotions. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah. Often, and often emotions are something that families don't really want to deal with. <laughs> Um, yes, and look, um, my mother is a really emotional person. Uh, my father too, but at that stage, my father was, had a really strong masculinity code inside him. And I could say that now, you know, he's getting older than he changed, but <laughs> at that stage, uh, he had really this powerful masculinity presence. Mm. So, and, um, he used to treat me like more a boy rather than a girl because he didn't have the capacity because he, he was scared of my emotion. 
and it was scared to deal with me when I was crying. So my way to release was crying. So if I was sad, if I was scared, or if I was happy, I used to cry. And I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a good thing that you I do. Know. I've I been know. just crying a lot with myself lately and realizing that um, how much I have stopped that in, in my life and how much that wasn't actually supported to really just be in all of your feelings. And I think, you know, you and a lot of other women I talk to are coming to a new place where we are embracing all of our feelings and being able to use them in a way that is um, going to enhance our lives. Absolutely. Because we, you know, we are, we are emotionally aware and also emotionally available, which, you know, for some is really difficult to accept that. Above all, you know, it's still, I can, I work with both women and men mm-hmm. and I can still feel that in a, in a male world is really difficult to be emotionally aware, emotionally available. Is this, I don't know, is the society that doesn't help them? Uh, and, um, and also the, the way that they've been brought up. And, um, this is my, my aim to help to understand these emotions and, as you know, when we're going through a life change, we are bombarded with mix of extreme emotions. Mm. So if Absolutely. we are not self-aware, how can we then plan or set in achievable goals? We can't. Mm. Yeah, so, and we often then feel very um, depressed or yes. victimized by yes. not knowing how to deal with the emotions. Absolutely. And that what happened to me. So after, you know, in Italy at that stage, we had um, the elementary school, the middle school and the high school. So, you know, I arrived at the middle school. Oh, and as you can imagine, it's been so hard for me as um, I, I didn't know who I was. So I kept stringing between the group of the good girls and the group of the bad girls. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I started really to feel the greatest misfits because I didn't know where I was belonging. You know, I, I really, you know, sometimes because I was so advanced with this emotional um, roller coaster, I thought, yes, I'm so strong. I can be with the bad girls. But at the same time, I was such a gentle and gracious girl <laughs> that I like to go out with the good girls. Mm. But this is really didn't help me because, again, I didn't have much capacity. Um, my parents used to do the best, but, um, you know, they were so um, busy with their job and to, you know, support me and my sister. So uh, what, how I responded to that, I put on a lot of weight. Mm. So um i went you know i approached the high school with that um, mask so i started to wear a mask and i started to feel so inadequate i couldn't fit in with any group since you know when i was i remember 17 when i used to go out i used to see the same guy you know the good looking guy that everyone wants to chat with you know that everyone wants to approach <laughs> yeah but obviously he didn't see me at all and I don't know, something switched on me and I say, okay, Michaela, it's time you need to find yourself. You need really, to, there is something that needs to change in your life. 
And the first steps, uh, as a first step, I decided to lose weight. So I lost a lot of weight and obviously, um, meeting again that guy, that guy became my boyfriend. Uh, (laughs) But um, look, I spent three years, I was really young. Uh, I started to go out with him when I was 18 and um, already at that stage, uh, I could feel that uh, my job was to help in others, but um, again, I didn't have the tools. And I felt so good when I knew that he needed me. Mm, mm. But this is the boyfriend you felt. Yes, yes right. Yeah, he needed me because his personal life. But this is brought to build a, an abusive relationship. Mm. Um, which rarely, you know, I started to talk in the podcast because I never shared this before. <laughs> But um, I, I know, you know, I'm really aware of what has been. I'm really aware that he too didn't have the capacity to love me in a different way. Mm. But now I can say that that helped me to understand what my strength and what I could do differently in my life. In fact, after three years, when I was when I started to attend uni, when I started to really follow my passion which was uh, uh, a, a Bachelor of Science in Social Education, I actually found, I don't know, some magical tools <laughs> to help me to understand that I, was, I could ask for more in my life. Mm. That I could uh, transition in, in someone that was passionate, enthusiastic, charismatic. And that was the real me, finally... I founded the real Michaela. And, and this, uh, went on also when I, uh, decided to attend my master's degree and I became doctor in clinical pedagogy, which, uh, clinical pedagogy is a combination of positive psychology, um, expressive therapy and coaching. And, um, I don't know, at that stage, I, I, I really loved, I really loved my life and I was really committed to facilitate the change in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see that that gift that you have of being empathetic and so sensitive to others and, you know, finding your way just is a natural for you to have done that work of helping others do the same. Yes, it's natural. But the truth is that, yeah, I have to work hard. I have, <laughs> to, go, I have to go through the cycle of pain and the cycle of loss. Mm. So there, there was no way, that was the, the only thing that I could do because I have to go through all the stages to then being able to appreciate the life that I had, the life that I, I, I wanted to have. So, yes, it's been some way natural, <laughs> but um, it's been, um, you know, it's been challenging, it's been confusing scary at the same times because you know I felt alone and I felt not understood and not being accepted but at the same times that it was you know the journey was exciting was loving and I can now say there was a lifelong learning mm. as um it's been a constant discovery for me of new strength and new ideas and it was for me it was a discovery of how um there is not a crime to be a vulnerable pe- person. 
So, yes, this is what what I learned at that stage of my life. And you were still in Italy back in, in this yes, stage of your life, yeah. Yes, I still, was still in Italy. Mm. Then, so I was, a par, was nearly 28, and I was um, at the top, look, I was at the top of my career, finished my master's degree, opened my clinic, and... Um, uh, working with uh, with my private clients, um, used to be a consultant for the health department. I was a consultant for the Italian courts, and um, I used to, you know, run workshop retreat. I loved my life at that stage, but I knew that something was missing. Something was missing for my apparent perfect life, and that was real love. And uh, I don't know, the universe or whatever, or God brought me to, gave me the opportunity to to meet my, who is my husband. (laughs) So uh, my um, husband at that stage, when I I was 28, he was uh, traveling in Italy. Mm -hmm. So he's from Australia, is he? Yes, Yes, he's from Australia, from New South Wales, yes, Mm -hmm. from Sydney. And uh, yes, I met him and... uh, Wow, Asha, I met such a different man, um, such a gentle, loving soul. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, oh my gosh, this is, I never experienced something like that. The the guys that I used to go out were totally different. Um, My husband was, and it is still, so independent, but at the same time, so caring. And uh, I thought, oh, this is, is is the great opportunities in my life. I can't let go of him. I need really to to keep him next to me because he helps me to reveal a different Michaela, to explore different part of myself that I didn't know to have. Oh, so that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, a, another big transition in my life because you know at that stage I decided that I wanted to live with him. And we decided that our life was in Australia. Oh, so that meant you had to give up everything that you'd created <laughs> to that point. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, um, look, that probably was the most scary change that to deal in my life. <laughs> um, you can imagine, come from a, also a, a country where family is so important. The social life is so present in each of us. Um, I came here by myself, not knowing the language, not knowing anything about the Australian culture. And I have to start it from the beginning. I couldn't come here and open my clinic. Mm. I had to start, you know, from the beginning, I was at that stage a community support worker. Um, I, I develop, a, you mentioned before at this stage, a victim attitude because, oh, understand, and Australian cannot understand me. <laughs> um, yes, they will never accept me. Oh, Michaela, why you did that? Are you sure that you made the right decision? So I was not all blaming just others, but also myself. Mm. And, and, you know, I was craving recognition. And all of these brought me to develop patterns of a victim mentality. This victim mentality in 2007 
formed in a disease. So in 2007, I've been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And as you probably can understand, being as, you know, a creative and expressive uh, and a person that work in, in um, health mm. uh, profession, there was a reason why I developed the disease. You know, at that stage, I stopped to express my true self. Right. Mm. I Yes, I, stro- I stopped to see my strength. I stopped to recognize my needs, my wants and desires. This is what happens when we get trapped mm. by a victim mentality. And it's even hard to ask for help in that yes. situation. Yes, mm. it's really hard. It's really hard also because, you know, if I was in Italy, I knew that I could go anywhere and everywhere to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Here, I totally understand that going to a stranger sometimes could be daunting. And um, look, I felt so alone. Um, I felt um, completely lost, confused. And how how did you reinvent yourself, Michaela, from that place that you were in? What happened that was there some particular event or an aha moment? What what happened to turn that around from being in that place to reinventing yourself and thriving? Yes, I had to, um, if, you know, if I knew that if I wanted to fully live my Australian life, I had to surrender. Mm. You know, I had to surrender and accept that the transition needed to take, it, the transition was longer. It needed more time. They needed to adapt to a new habit. I needed to um, develop a support system. What happened when I moved here, you know, my big mistake was I, I want everything now. And then <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> and when you're going through such an intense and big change in your life, it cannot po- it can be possible. Mm. You need to slow down. You need to surrender to the stages of this transition. I had to, you know, uh, I have to re-embrace my faith. I had to sit down, really, really. I had to sit down, grab a pen and paper and rediscover my strength. Mm. I have to really reignite my needs, my desires. But also I have to recognize my new values because, you know, I was a different person now. I mean, same person but a different identity. Now I was a person that moved from a different country they got married, they developed a disease, and to wanted to build a fulfilled life. Mm. So my values at that, stage, at that stage were different from the values they had in Italy. Yeah, I think so, that's a really important point. I think that a lot of times we can just go on automatic, and it's, it's really important to once in a while stop and take yeah. stock of your life and say what's really happening for me right now what is the reality and like you say writing that down on a piece of paper or something and and what your values are and all of that it, it's the practice that you know we can do often in our lives because it gives us the the ability to look at okay this is the reality and if we're not 100% or even 80% happy with that then we can 
take some actions or movement. But if we don't recognize it, then we just go on and we, we have this vague feeling of not feeling fulfilled. Yes. And, and you know, we, we, we have to surrender, let go, knowing, that, as you said, we have the power to make choices. Mm. So I had the choice. And actually, I also choose to come here. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. I const- we constantly make choices. And at that stage, when I touch the bottom, the bottom, I say, okay, I, I now need to embrace this change. And I choose that. And it's not, it's, look, it's been in, in, an intense process. It's been not easy. But um, I now am a mother of two children. And, you know, doctor at that stage in 2007, I remember doctor saying, me, mm, I don't know if you can have children. Um, but now I have two children and they are really healthy. Um, so we have all possibilities. Mm. We all around us, we are, we are surrounded with possibilities. We just need to be open to uh, say a full and unconditional yes to any situation that life proposes us. Wow, that's that's big. I think, um, you know, I don't know if that's even that easy for a lot of people to just no. say yes. So what what small movement can they make to opening up to that deep surrender that you're talking about? Because I completely agree with you. I believe that surrender is an incredibly important component in my life and when I work with people as well, that it's really, really important. But it can be the most scariest thing. I mean, if you if you think that you need to be in control and you try to control your life, letting go is the the scariest thing. So do you have any tips or or uh, suggestions to our listeners that what what are some little things that they can start to do to open up to saying yes to things that are presented in their lives in a way that allows them to open their hearts and not feel the fear? Yes, um, I would suggest, um, um, as you said before, we need to really, I think uh, what really stops us is fear. Mm. <laughs> so we need it, we have to break down these fear in little steps. Mm-hmm. And um, what I, I did for myself and why I also suggest to my client is to really write. Because when we write, we leave on paper what we need to leave on in a positive or in a negative way. And when we write, everything stays there. So we can go back. We can add or we can modify. So break down your fears. Really write what you fear. Ask and, real, yeah. And ask. that means writing how you're feeling, right? I mean, fear is somewhere in the body or yes. whatever it is and just writing that out. Yes, absolutely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Constantly, and um, we you also can um, you have to start to take care of yourself. So you need to find a way to embrace self care. Mm, um, very important. And, yes, and all of us we, we can do that in different ways. You know, we are so unique that we we, we know would really make us feel good. So. What I um, often share with my clients is, um, and I share every time because I, I know that is um, is really important, and everyone like this, is uh, what I do. I write a list of absolute no's. 
Beautiful. I like that. Yes. List no, I, of absolute no's. No, I, yes. <laughs> I always share these because I know everyone likes it. And basically what you do, you have to start to write. I'll give an example of my, or my few points or my list. The one is uh, being in hurry or eat when I'm not hungry mm-hmm. or respond to my phone when I am during meals or um, um, spend time in relationships that don't um, that, that resonate with me. So, you know, you have to write a list of absolute no's and you can start adding every time. So you commit and you devote yourself to that list. That is the first step for self-care. Because, you know, when you transition, your habits change. You need, you need change. Mm, I think that's beautiful. I mean, yeah, change sometimes is, is a constant. And yet for us humans, change can often be the most difficult thing to embrace. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, another, um, what also change really, oh, um, stop us to do is to find solution. Although it's not possible to solve every problem that we face, I always say this is important to consider possible solutions. Mm. So write down the possible solutions and maybe ask someone next to you to help you to do that. If you want to really to improve, if you want to overcome the emotional roller coaster or those fears, you have to build a new support system. You cannot stay by yourself sitting in a couch and waiting for others to help you. Mm. We need to help ourselves. Mm. We need to give the possibilities to find support for ourselves. And, um, you know, little steps. If you find it difficult to write down your fears, to write down your feelings, ask someone else to help you. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think it's important to not be alone in those situations. And there's plenty of support out there for people to, um, you know, not have to do it alone and to ask for help. And yeah, yeah. And it, it, and I've um, since um, I opened my business in um, five years ago, I opened my business here in Australia when um, when I felt ready <laughs> with my English. <laughs> So, you know, I felt comfortable and I say, okay, it's time for me. Um, in the meantime, anyway, I, st- I still kept going to write articles for Italy. I kept studying, researching. But five years ago, I decided to, yeah, to open a business in Australia. And um, it, it's been hard, really hard, because obviously I needed to learn how to, uh, to promote the business which was really different of before. I needed to cultivate the business in a different way. Um, I, I needed to propose in myself in a different way. Mm. But um, I also uh, found that going out and ask was willing, uh, giving me the power, first of all, to connect on different levels, to learn, and then being able to share. So um, I can really say that I started to build my support system when I, when I opened my business. As I met so many women and men in the similar situations. But you see, I have to, I have to 
be willing to interact in a different way. Mm. I think that's a key word as well, as well willingness. We yeah. have to have that deep, really deep feeling and of being willing to change because something is not working the way it has been, that we're willing to really, the willingness has to be there first. Yes, and um, see, even oh, as you can imagine, you, when I opened my business, I started a little bit again of the victim mentality, Mm. And I felt myself again, I cannot fit here because, yeah, I can, you know, I'm walking in a different way. No <laughs> one will understand. And it's true, Aisha, it's true because I, I, I now understand, for example, the way that I want to promote myself. I understand the way that I want to market myself, which is different from others. Mm. Yeah, but, it's true to you. You have to yeah. do it your way. And um, I think I, that's the whole point of, yeah. of, partly of this show is to really encourage the listeners and inspire them that we are all unique and we need to find our own way but that doesn't mean doing it alone no it means that you know you start to know who you are and then you get the support from other people that can help you yes and um i i written this post today in a facebook group and i love it because it came to me when i was writing a a blog and i say like the love for ourselves, our business is not a prepackaged object and ready for use. <laughs> so right. we, we really need to entrust to entrust it to our care. It has mm. a need of a constant devotion to be recreated and regenerated. How ah, we have to do for our the love for ourselves. Absolutely. I think that's true for anything um, that we're creating, whether that's a business, a painting, a song, a poem. I think the seed comes to us as yeah. the idea and then it's really up to us if we're going to water that, if we're going to nourish that and nurture it and help it to grow. Mm. Oh, yes, you say it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and Yes, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm still having downs day. I'm still having days where I am, you know, I have a lot of self-doubts um where sometimes I get trapped by the comparison mm, tweaking situation but um and uh, sometimes I still that I do not fit in and this is um happens often you know when because I, lately I started to be present on the online world before I used to do just face to face and be offline so sometimes I still you know feel inadequate but um I also learn and learn and learn more how to to ask for help and um, be be um, proud to be myself. And I know now that it's not a crime to to show my vulnerability and to show that I'm a sensitive person. Mm. And this is yeah, it comes out when I interact online, offline, interact my personal relationship. This is um, now it's me, and um, and this is brings actually a lot of positive uh, possibilities and um, and magic around me. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate for the listeners too that you know the whole thing about not fitting in is is like maybe we have those moments of feeling like a victim, but in the end we can actually see how this whole life story of not fitting 
is a beautiful gift. It's a gift from spirit because it it sort of guides us into finding out who we are, our place in the world and what our gifts are to share. So I just want to celebrate you, Michaela, because I think uh, your journey is very inspiring as I've been listening. And to, to go to a new country, learn a whole new language, set up a whole new business, um, and you're doing it with such beautiful heart because you are a deeply sensitive and empathetic woman that your, your gifts are um, really needed in the world. So I want to ask you, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Yeah, they can. Um, first of all, thank you for your wonderful and kind words. Um, I'm really, yeah, not right now, yeah, I'm getting emotional. Um, beautifulletshaveacry.com.au Yes, I'll put I'll put that in the yeah. show notes for everyone, yeah. so you don't have and to write yeah. it or worry yes. about the spelling. It yeah, am I there? Yeah, no, it's always a little bit <laughs> difficult for everyone. <laughs> and um, you know, my Facebook page, I'm a member of a few groups, Facebook groups, and yeah, this is me, and I'm you know open to connect to anyone for a casual virtual coffee or a face-to-face coffee. <laughs> Beautiful, that's lovely, Michaela. What a nice offering. And I understand that you've been writing a book um, called Graceful Transitions. I love the title. Um, can you just briefly speak, because we're just at, almost out of time, just briefly yep. speak about that and um, how people might be able to connect to getting a copy of that. Yes. Oh, Graceful Transitions. Yeah, is a, Graceful Transition is a combination of uh, tips and expressive exercise that will help you to deal with the three stages of any kind of transition, whether you're going through a personal, professional, spiritual trans- change. Mm. So, yes, it's really practical and um, it's, been, uh, it's also, also for other therapists or coaches. And, yeah, it's a it's really short but precious book. Beautiful. And is that on your website? Um, it, look, is um, yeah, my developer is doing her best. So is um, it will, <laughs> it, I think yeah, yeah, I think it will be there uh by the end of this week or the beginning of next week. Beautiful. Yeah. So because for the pre-orders because it's not ready yet, but people can pre-order, and also I will have a free uh chapter for everyone soon available. That's beautiful, Michaela. I've really enjoyed talking to you. There's so many similarities to what you spoke about in your life journey um, to myself. And um, I can feel that your work in the world is is just a beautiful light. And I'm really grateful that you came on the show today. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with the listeners before we say goodbye? Um, yes, my... Usual message is um, be constant to yourself, and um, yes, life life is so precious. So yeah, it's not really a crime to be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michaela. 
Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Aisha, really. I feel really honored. Thank you very much. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.aishakennedy.com.